Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Tracy Koga. And thanks for downloading this podcast from ilikehugh.com. If you can, give us a follow or a subscribe. And remember that all the information about the guests in today's episode can be found at ilikehugh.com. Now, let's get started. everyone, welcome to Hugh at Home. I'm Tracy Koga. Well, we've been living for the last eight months now like we could never predict. No one saw it coming, and no one can tell us how it's going to end, good or bad. So it's under all this fear, uncertainty, and doubt that we want to bring you powerful conversations and share those stories with you. We're real people, giving our voice to our concerns, our opinions, and knowledge, all in a safe and inclusive space. So we'll start with two very ambitious women, Lori Wench and Kim Dukic, and how their passion and longtime friendship has resulted in great success for their business, iCandyLash Academy. We are talking all things beauty, and it's a beautiful relationship between two lovely women that have started an incredible business right here in Winnipeg, Manitoba, and it's all about eye candy. So I want to welcome right now Lori and Kim to Hugh at Home. Ladies, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, I see you, Kim. How are you doing, Kim? <laughs> and Lori... Thank you so much for having us. We're excited. Oh, yes. Okay, so I'm going to start with you, Lori, because okay. I think the eye candy story may start with you. So how did this whole business of lashes, and now it's extended to far more than just lashes, all begin? Um, well, I started my sex career in 2001 and learned about lash extensions in 2006. And I just thought to myself, how amazing would that be? to be able to have these beautiful lashes and, you know, strip lashes has always, it's been around for a long time, but just to have them and wake up with, you know, enhancing your, your lashes was, was so interesting to me. So I, I flew back home to Vancouver to learn how and brought um, that artistry over here to Winnipeg and uh, over to my clientele. And honestly, it, it, it grew from there. Um, it, I didn't think it was going to grow as it did. And I'm super excited of how it's evolved um, from the time of 2006 all the way over here in 2020. It's definitely evolved. And it really hasn't been that long of a time, but it seems like the advancement in the type of lashes. And we're going to talk, too, about the styling because it's just not 
putting on lashes on everybody's eyes because everybody's eyes and faces are different. So Kim, I guess now let's talk about the relationship and how you and Lori got together. So um, when I moved back from Vancouver here, I had opened um, Soul Beauty, which is still actually running right now. Um, I had opened that salon and Lori and I connected through um, a few mutual friends and we worked together in, in that salon and I knew Lori was destined for bigger things so I knew she wasn't going to stay with me forever and when she left me that's when she opened eye candy and um, created eye candy in the beginning um, so Lori had been already lashing when I met her for a while and actually learned so many different techniques and product stuff from her. Um, so a lot of my um, education and my knowledge in lashing really does come from Lori as well. Um, I've taken several courses, but honestly, I have to say the most that I've learned from lashing is truly from Lori. <laughs> She's the expert. Yeah. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Lori, now let's talk about the technique of lashing. And it isn't easy. And, you know, it's like, oh, girls, you know, kind of think, oh, gee, I can do that. No problem. But what does it take to be a really good lash technician? Definitely, I would say uh, the patience. I think a lot of uh, individuals, they receive lashes, they love wearing them, and they think it's going to be easy because they think they're just, you know, someone's just picking up a lash and gluing it on, <laughs> gluing onto their own lashes. And they think it's that simple. However, um, without the patience and understanding to truly, I always say lash with intention, mm -hmm. um, everyone's lifestyle, everyone's face, everyone's, you know, lash line is different. And to truly customize a proper set of lashes on someone, it, it is definitely skill set there. Um, and it's of course practice. I know for myself, for the first year I was lashing, I thought, oh my goodness, I don't think I can do this. There was many times that I just wanted to put the tweezers down and give up because every single person is a new, you're starting from zero again. You're starting right from the beginning. So every single individual is a whole new experience. Wow. No cookie cutter, no cookie cutter mm -hmm. lash. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Kim now, uh, everything... I, I believe needs to be, I guess, properly done. And I know that now you have an academy where you are training actual lash technicians, you know, under your scrutiny. Um, so what are some of the, you know, regulations or code of ethics that iCandy truly believes in? And especially now in these days with uh, the pandemic going on and who knows what's going to happen in the future. So, um, Lori and myself, we love to teach um, our students how to properly create their workspace and, you know, properly disinfect their stations and how to educate their clients in proper mm -hmm. care. Um, just those kind of details in, in educating our clients and are not clients, our students, um, to properly run their either if they're going to open up a salon or work from home. Um, we want to be the place where they can come to and ask the questions that they need. And we kind of offer the guidance, right? So mm -hmm. that everybody can know how to properly conduct 
their lash business um, from the health authorities' standards, right? Um, so that's something we definitely teach our students. And not only our students, we want, we want to build a community in Winnipeg for lash artists. I think it's, it's very important for us to kind of bond together and maybe be known like in Winnipeg, the lash artists there, they hold up a standard, you know, so <laughs> something like that would be great. Uh, and of course, Lori, you agree. And I guess now moving forward, um, this isn't regulated and much like hairstyling, um, so how how would you feel if, you know, regulations could be in place, you know, there was you know, proper licensing and whatnot? Um, I mean, it would just bring, of course, first and foremost, the health and safety of our clients and our guests it has to be at the forefront. Mm-hmm. Um, so little things do get missed when things aren't regulated, you know, someone can learn lash extensions and is very inexperienced still, you know, being even just at six months or even a year. And then they think that they can go and teach as well because it's unregulated. Right. But, um, and then they're just teaching and they have all the good intentions Mm -hmm. um, to pass on their knowledge. However, because they do not have um, little things like, Let's say you're lashing from home. Little things like there shouldn't be carpet. It, it needs to be a, a floor that you can clean and wipe and mop down. Um, how you how you do your laundry and you know just changing over the laundry between every client. Just little things like that. Those things matter. Um, it's not just, of course, you know the the eye health, but it's everything around us that that can cause um, you know just unnecessary uh, accidents or incidents with our clients. But, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, hopefully, you know, we could get something in place. But I really do like the conversation of creating a community. And now, yeah. Kim, through all of this, the pandemic, COVID-19, and, you know, every, of course, everything was shut down. And then now, you know, you've reopened. I guess let's talk now about some of the the ups and downs that you and Lori have gone through as business women, especially in these times? So it was really hard, um, you know, especially with, with us both having a large team of employees that are under us. And, you know, we feel obviously a responsibility to make sure that they have jobs and and they can pay their bills and things like that so it was very difficult for us to have to shut down our doors or close our doors for that three-month period um thank goodness for you know CERB that the girls were still able to have some sort of an income um you know it's not their regular income but it, it did help them out uh Lori and I just really banded together and we focused all that time uh in educating ourselves you know being strategic with our reopening plan making sure that all the things were in place so that when we did open you know we were we were ready for covid and that you know Clients had all of their consultations and screenings already prepared before even coming in. You know, temperatures were checked. We were fully stocked on all of our disinfecting materials um, and and equipment. And um, I mean, it wasn't, it definitely was very hard because it cost a lot for PPE at that time. And it still does now. Um, Oh, yeah. So that was a challenge for us, for sure. 
Well, you both of you have done an amazing job, and I was just thinking, to both of you, not only running businesses, Lori, you you own the Lilac Street uh, location, and then Kim and you, Kim is a co-owner at the Portage Avenue Salon. So, plus balancing families and <laughs> dealing with everything that is fluctuating, and even now as we're doing this interview, we don't know what's going to happen. Correct. Yeah. Um, so dealing with uncertainty, dealing with family, I'll go to Lori first. <laughs> what have you learned? <laughs> um, I honestly, I think what, what has got me to the place where I am today is honestly resilience. Um, I've, you know, when I started Eye Candy, I was going through a divorce and um, I was a single mom. I basically had nothing at the time because I was flying back and forth to Vancouver with both my parents actually being sick with cancer at the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the first year of opening candy, uh, eye candy, I lost both my parents within five months. Yeah. I was flying back and forth. Again, I had my, my daughter and we we're literally sleeping at my girlfriend's home. I had to leave my own home and I we were sleeping on her son's bunk bed. And that was how I dealt with even just having eye candy and trying to get it going at that time. So I think from that time in my life, you know, single mom, divorce, losing both parents, I feel like anything that comes my way now, as long as you can, you know, be resilient and accept what is happening right now, but understand and truly know and believe that there is the future ahead right? I think if you, can, if you can look at it in that sense, that there is always that brighter light. I know it sounds so <laughs> cliche, but it's, it's, um, you have to believe in that. And resilience is, is truly a powerful thing. It's, when you fall, just get back up. It's okay. It's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to keep going. Life is going to keep going. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, right now, then, you're an inspiration to all of the single moms or single parents regardless, right? And um, mm. just definitely what you had to overcome. Yes. Well, Hey, this is a drop in the bucket. No, <laughs> but I know Kim yourself, you've got a, a few kids there at different ages and managing too. Yeah. Um, both Lori and I actually each have three kids. Oh, okay. Um, so it's, it's definitely a handful. Um, our, our youngest children are quite close yeah. and they have very similar very energetic, <laughs> over-the-top personalities. So we kind of bond with that. And and sometimes it's really nice that we have each other, not only as business partners, but almost like family. Um, mm -hmm. When we get together, we can have our kids because we do have kids of similar ages. So they kind of can you know, have each other to spend time while Lori and I kind of brainstorm or even just relax and have dinner and, and stuff like that. So um, with COVID, the pandemic really was difficult on my children. Um, they didn't have routine. And for them, routine was so important. And it really threw them for a loop. It definitely developed a lot of anxiety. And, you know, I, I always told my husband that I'd much rather deal with like physical things like, you know, them falling and having a bruise or something instead of mental 
mental issues. I suffer myself from mental health. And so I know how hard it is to cope with. Um, but, you know, between Lori and I having, I mean, Lori suffers from it too. And we both kind of come together and sometimes your husband just doesn't understand like a woman can understand. And that's why I love being able to lean on Lori in that aspect. And so, yeah, it's, it's been really tough, but you know what, just like Lori said, we persevere and we get up and you know, I, I've been through lots of, of trials and tribulations in my career. I've, you know, built a salon from ground up and sold it and was perfectly fine. And then I had, you know, another salon um, that I had to close and I had to really disappoint a lot of people. And, and I, you know, it was something that I went through, but you know what, after collaborating with Lori and rising up again, it, um, it really, you just got to persevere and keep going. Right. Yeah. It builds character. <laughs> well, no doubt. And I mean, now, thank you for sharing your stories uh, because, you know, mental health and wellness is so important. And especially now, more than ever, we need each other. And like you said, Kim, opportunities arise and sometimes they're not the best fit. And mm -hmm. some do. And obviously you found this and, you know, perhaps you found each other back again, which I think is really good. So I wanted to ask both of you, and it was a thought and a conversation that I had with another friend. We're now obviously in a little bit more of a cultural awareness, and especially for women and women of color. Do you find, ladies, that was there a time where there was, you know, I don't want to say discrimination, but was there ever times where it was a, a little bit more of a struggle because of being, you know, a person of color? Lori? Um, for myself, I've personally, I don't, I can't recall a time where I felt that myself. However, growing up um, with my mom being Filipino, um, uh, my father was German, my mom Filipino, I would see how people at times when we're out shopping or if my mom was just speaking because she had an accent, how people would speak to her as if maybe she couldn't hear properly or, you know, just things like <laughs> things like that, where I, I thought as a little child, that's strange, like the way they're mm -hmm. speaking to my mom. Or, so I've, I've, I've seen it and felt it with my mom, not personally myself um, growing up, but um, it's, it's, um, you know, I've been, I've been around it. I've personally experienced it for her, you know, from or through her. Yeah. Yeah. And Kim? Um. I've, I'd say that I, I've experienced some of it. Um, opening up my very first salon, um, I remember thinking like, I couldn't hire just all only Asian or Filipino women, and I wanted a lot of diversity. So we weren't classified as like, you know, an only Asian salon, right? And my husband thought it was really funny because he's like, you have a lot of friends that are Asian in the industry and, you know, they're great workers. Like, why wouldn't you, you know, just extend? And I said, you know, I just really, I really wanted um, not only to be viewed in that way, right? I wanted mm -hmm. to know that, that we are multicultural in, mm -hmm. in 
in our space and everybody is also welcome and not only the Asian community, right? Um, so that was really difficult. And um, when COVID did it and in Winnipeg, it was a Filipina lady that brought the first case into the city. It was I experienced quite a bit of shaming. Like when I went to the grocery store, I'd be at the mall or, you know, I'd clear my throat in a store. It was really hard initially at first, right? Mm -hmm. I found though, like people got over that pretty quick. And um, as far as like business, sometimes people would look at me like, I actually had an employee that, that helped me run Um, my shop quite a bit and um, they would look at her and instantly be like oh are you the owner and she's like no actually I'm an employee Kim is the owner Um, but I found that that happened to me quite a bit so uh, and it happened to me with glam bar like people just couldn't grab the concept that somebody so young um, could establish so much you know um So I did get that quite a bit where people were like, oh, you're the owner, like just shocked in that way. And, you know, so I did, I did experience quite a bit of that. Well, yeah. yeah, And it's interesting now because we have more of a, an awareness, especially a heightened awareness now. And especially if you are a person of color, whether you're Asian or black or indigenous. Uh, So the conversations are always interesting. And I guess um, maybe that's a good way to kind of wrap things up is where both of you, Lori and Kim, want to take Eye Candy Lash Academy. I mean, it's not only lashes, you've got a full line of aesthetics, but I think more importantly, you feel beautiful when you leave. And Mm -hmm. is that something that is very important to both of you to instill in women, and not only in women, but of anyone that wants to feel beautiful? Lori. Um, One thing that I will uh, never forget, um, this woman who was the director of Scientific Marvell that I had the opportunity to learn from, um, Lucy Lauren is her name. And I will never forget when she was teaching us the power of just even the power of touch. And it wasn't, it's not about always the exact service that you're doing, whether it's the pedicure, the facial, the eyelashes, it is truly the connection that you build with the individual coming in. Um, You can be an amazing artist, but if there's no connection, if if they don't feel a sense of, um, you know, leading with love and respect during the service or feel special, they won't, they may not want to come back. They come back because, and they become loyal because of that connection you build with them and how you truly make them feel. And not just yourself, but the entire salon as a whole. I always say to my staff too, just because that person may be a client who likes to visit me for services, everybody else in the salon should still acknowledge that customer so that when they're coming through the door, they know that they're being they're just being appreciated for, you know, supporting our business. So it is definitely, um, it is how you make women feel. And it's the connections that you that you have with them. And for yourself, Kim? I have to agree 100% with Lori on that. Um, I make sure that every guest 
that comes in feels great. And before they leave, we make them feel comfortable and know like if there are any issues, you know, please come back to us. We would gladly, you know, adjust anything that's needed for you. Um, and just really building that relationship with, with the client. Um, most of my regulars, um, are not only clients, they're actually friends. And, you know, I know stuff about their lives and their children and their careers. And they ask about mine and Lori's and how we're doing. And they we know their children's names. And some of the times Lori and I have done, we've watched their kids grow up from being tiny little toddlers to graduating this year. And, you know, it's it was difficult watching these beautiful young ladies sprout to these beautiful women and then having to not have a proper graduation, which is a big part in our industry because grads come to our space, they get their nails done, they get their lashes done and we get to kind of send them off. And, and um, so it was difficult with, with COVID and not being able to, um, to get that. So, yeah, but um, we definitely make sure that every guest is, is really happy and they leave really feeling great about themselves. Wow. Well, um, I can attest to that, that yes, you do leave feeling very, very beautiful. I just want to say, you know, thank you so much, Lori and Kim for taking this time and sharing your stories. I think this is so important. This is why we do this show. So other women can feel emboldened or encouraged to maybe start their own business, but also have the confidence and, as Lori mentioned, resilience to overcome anything. And uh, I think beauty has definitely brought you two together and you two are very beautiful souls indeed. So thank you so much, Lori and Kim. Thank you so much for having us. I want to give a big thank you once again to Lori and Kim for that great Skype conversation. And you can check out their full line of services at iCandyLashAcademy.ca. Now we have been having a lot of fun with our Hue virtual chat that goes every Tuesday at 11.30 a.m. And over the course of time since last March, we've met dozens of women and a few men that have been doing remarkable things in our community. And it is a big reason why we've started Hue at Home, so we can share those highlights with you. So now I want to introduce a very special young lady, Eileen McDonald, who shares her very powerful and personal story right here on the Hue virtual chat. Um, it's a pleasure to speak to you guys at Hugh. Um, I'll just go a little bit into my story and then allow for questions or anything like that. Um, but back in 2013, I was traveling Italy Padova with uh, my best friend and we were couch surfing. And um, there we stayed with a host named Maglio and um, he was actually a police officer at the time and we were very young and um, just excited about this trip so he offered us a place to stay and we decided to take him up on it um, through the couch surfing website and on the second night he um, drugged and sexually assaulted us and um, we fled from his place the very next morning once we woke up and um, Within a few days, I report. I waited a few days because I was still in shock, but I uh, reported it on his couch surfing profile 
And immediately I'm telling you, there was several girls writing back to me saying, you know, the same thing happened to me, the same thing happened to me. And it was devastating and shocking and terrifying. Um, one of the girls who is now one of my friends, um, Maria, so she got in touch with me and she said, we have to do something about this. I said, yeah, I think we do have to do something about this, but like, what can we do? We can go to the cops. So um, I actually reported, me and my friend reported this in um, Austria. That was the next place we went to after Italy. And um, the police were not helpful there. Um, they basically said, you know, because we were not Austrian citizens and the crime didn't happen in Austria, there was nothing that they could do besides take down a report. So we decided that we had all reported in our home cities and it was really hard for the Winnipeg police to be able to take on my case because it was international. So we kept on fighting. Um, Maria got in touch with IRPI, which is an investigating, report investigating reporting project Italy. Um, so they're a not-for-profit journalism team and um, they actually took our stories. They released it worldwide um, back in 2016, I believe. And then from there, they worked with us. They paired us up with a team of lawyers. We all went down to court in 2019. Um, we fought against Maglio together. And from there, I kind of started my public speaking. Um, and then I got more involved in the community with mental health um, because I suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, so I wanted to be, give back to women and I wanted to give back to mental health. And so now I'm working with Mood Disorders Association of Manitoba and I just got a promotion to the Women's Programming Coordinator here. So I'm very excited. So, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I... I listened to the podcast, uh, so I, she she does briefly go over it. But all of my questions, yeah, like how do you you know how do you even escape? But I mean, and but how devious this person was, and and all the stories the same. And then it was just like, well, how could you not believe all of these women telling the same story? Mm -hmm. And then as you know, as a parent or as an older generation, well, what is couch surfing? Surfing and like you want to go into a stranger's home and sleep on their couch. And, um, but you know, for all of the, uh, the verified or the, you know, people out there, um, you know, pe most have a, a good experience and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and hearing about the actual person who started it all, it was just clearly, yeah, a, a cheap way, maybe a more creative way of traveling because you get to stay with the local, you get to, you know, share their food, they know the city so they can take you around. And so, yeah, all those questions, but uh, I don't know if any of, of the ladies, yeah, and Marley, thank you too. And maybe too, I just want to make that connection. Eileen, I believe Marley was your dance teacher. Yeah, <laughs> she was for years and years. Uh, yeah. And, and how did dance sort of help you, I guess, in all of this? Or had you, or were you still dancing at that point? I wasn't dancing at the point, but um, I, besides post-traumatic stress disorder, I do suffer with some mental illnesses. Um, thankfully, they're all in recovery now and I'm doing much better. Um, but I did suffer with them. And 
dance helps a lot, especially the style lyrical, I would say for me personally, because it allows you to express your, express your emotions and tell a story. Um, we actually incorporated um, dance in um, mood disorders. Uh, we had a youth program. Um, it was a mad camp, it was called for music, art and dance. So we incorporated dance for the younger kids to, um, you know, learn how to express their emotions and to feel a story and to get it out there. And um, yeah, I believe dance is a beautiful way of kind of, yeah, just feeling your emotions and uh, expressing yourself. I want to give a big thank you to all of our guests on today's show. And I'd like to leave you with this question. Do you know what FUD means? F-U-D. Well, it stands for fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And my question to you is, have you ever had FUD in your life? And how have you compensated for it and worked around it? You can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at I Like You, or you can send us an email to hello at ilikeyou.com. But for now, stay safe and healthy. And we'll see you next time on Hue at Home. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of iLikeHue.com. Podcast distribution from the Sound Off Media Company. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.